Hello, and welcome to the Word Experience Podcast, where the Word of God is experienced in a fresh new way. Prepare yourself to hear God's Word talk with simplicity and understanding. And now, here's your host, Cliff Goldberg. What up, what up, what up, fam? Welcome to the Word Experience Podcast, where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. I am your host, Cliff Goldberg, as the announcer said. Uh, really excited uh, about today's message. We're going to get into part two of the value of the Word of God. And so let's jump into it and start off with a word of prayer. God, we thank you so much for what you continue to be in us and what you continue to do through us. We're so grateful for who you are in our lives. We're so thankful that you sent Jesus to die for us, that we can have an intimate relationship with you. God, as we sit here and, 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 and digest and chop up this word, God, continue to flow through me. Use me to teach your people in a way that is simple to understand so they can hear it, receive it, understand it, apply it to their lives and see change happen. Uh, we know that you are with us. We know that you are for us and we know that you love us. And just on that, we will be eternally grateful. And we declare these things to be so Bless the ears of every listener that is hearing my voice today on this podcast and um, just continue to be awesome in our lives. We declare these things to be so in Jesus name. Amen. All right. Uh, if you heard my first podcast, uh, you know, we started a talking and a teaching on the value of the word of God. And about halfway through, I realized I had a whole bunch of scriptures <laughs> still left over. <laughs> and I decided to go ahead and do a part two. So this is part two of the value of the word of God. We'll do a quick recap uh, on what we learned and what we talked about uh, during the last part podcast. Uh, we said that the Word of God is alive. Hebrews 4 and 12 says that the Word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, one translation, the Amplified, says that the Word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. And then we looked at Romans 15 and 4 and talked about that the word of God that was written is for our learning, that whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Another translation said that for all those words which were written long ago are meant to teach us today. And that when we read in the scriptures of the endurance of men and of all the help that God gave them in those days, we may be encouraged to go on hoping in our own time. Then we looked at how God connected himself to his word, just like if I were to write an email, that email would be a reflection of me. That word would be connected to me. And so in John uh, chapter one, he says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So God is connected to his word. And also in Jeremiah, we talked about how God watches over his word, the way uh, a, a hen watches over her baby chicks to make sure that they are protected, to make sure that they are cared for, to make sure that they are loved, to make sure that they are provided for. Likewise, God watches over his word to make sure that it is performed. And then we looked at Psalms 119, and in that particular scripture, verse 105, he says that your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And we talked about how the word of God has a combination ability to let us know where we are in life, lamp to my feet, and where we're going in life, light to my path, right? So the word of God tells us where we are, and the word of God also shows us where we're going. 
And in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, we, we saw that the Word of God was a manual inst of instruction. And the message translation of 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, Every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the Word, we are put together and shaped up for the task that God has for us. So we, we understand that the Word of God is a manual of instruction, just like a manual comes with different items that we buy, and that manual shows us how to use that particular item. If something goes wrong, how to fix that particular aspect of the item, right? How it's supposed to work, how it's not supposed to work, how you're supposed to use it and not use it. Likewise, the Word of God is a manual for our lives, a life manual showing us how our lives are supposed to work. And then we mentioned that the Word of God, even though it's a life manual in and of itself, it still has to be rightly divided. 2 Timothy 2 and 15 says in the Amplified Translation, to study and be eager and do your utmost to present yourself to God, approved, tested by trial, a workman who has no cause to be ashamed, correctly analyzing and accurately dividing rightly handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth and that's what we have to do we have to use this word and study it to a place where we analyze it correctly where we divide it accurately we handle it rightly and we teach it skillfully right we don't want to just get caught up in a bunch of wives tales and religious cliches we want to be able to skillfully teach and skillfully understand the word of God, because when we do that now, we can apply it to our lives and and we can see change uh, happen from the inside out. And then lastly, we talked about how meditation was connected to success. And Joshua 1 and 80 says this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success the amplified translation for the second part of verse 8 says you, you will make your way prosperous and that word prosper is not just connected to money it's just it's a word that's connected to success actually i believe the word prosperous comes from the same hebrew word that we get peace which is shalom which is completeness and and totality right successful in every area of life and you shall deal wisely and have good success. So the Word of God, when we meditate on it, when we turn it over in our minds, when we let it marinate, when we think about it and think about it, uh, we find ourselves getting to a position where we can see it in our lives, we can get an, an image of what that thing looks like, and then the Word of God we can use to eventually walk the path of that success. Amen? All right. So that's a quick, quick review. Uh, if you missed the first the last podcast, which was actually the first podcast, uh, I went in detail in some of those areas. So you can check that out and uh, give a listen and uh, you'll be all caught up. So let's move forward with the next aspect of the value of the word of God, which is the word of God always produces. The word of God always produces. Now, listen. I've been, a, I've been a Christian for over 30 years. And, you know, I, you look at this phrase, the word always produces, 
and 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 some people could say well you know cliff sometimes the word hasn't produced for me and you know i know scriptures and i know the bible and and i've quoted this and i've declared this and i've decreed this and it just didn't it didn't come through for me so so how can you say that well i hear what you're saying and and it's not for me to debate what your situation was and how you did that but 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 i'm going to look at this word uh, as the final authority and if it didn't work for me 15 years ago or if it didn't work for you 10 years ago we're we're not going to let our experience have more value than the word and i believe if we can find ourselves uh able to divide and rightly divide and do all the things that we've been talking about, eventually our experience will line up with what the word says. But we don't want to let our experience have more value in our lives than the word, because when that happens, we find ourselves being ineffective uh, in our godly living. And we don't want to be ineffective, right? So your experience is your experience, and we don't want to deny that it happened. But we want to have a mindset that says the word of God and the truth that's in the word of God, I'm going to give more weight than the truth of what my experience was. Because maybe you missed something or maybe you didn't understand something or maybe your spiritual maturity was at a place where you were kind of caught up in some religious stuff that wasn't exactly what the word says. I'm, I'm thinking about a scripture now that oftentimes people speak incorrectly that that money is the root of all evil. Well, that's not even what the scripture says. What the scripture says is the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. The love of money. And, and again, we talked about rightly dividing. It's the love of money above all else that is a root for all kinds of evil. Because if money was evil, why are we going to work Monday through Friday or whenever we go to work to earn that evil stuff? Right. So that's just one of those examples where if we get that thing off just a little bit, uh, when we think we're applying the scripture properly, we may not be doing it just so. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. I ain't trying to come against nobody. I'm just saying the word of God, but based on what the scripture says, always produces. And so let's look at what that word is. We're going to go to Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. And I mentioned in the in the in the last podcast that the the main translations I'm using are the New King James translations, and um, and then if there's other translations, I usually uh, mention them. Okay, Psalm one one through three says, "Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord." And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever he does shall prosper. Why? Because his delight is in the law of the Lord. And because his delight is in the law of the Lord, he meditates, there's that word again, he meditates on that word day and night. And because his delight is in the Lord, his delight in the law of the Lord leads him to meditating in the word of God. And because he or she meditates in the word of God on a regular basis, that's what day and night means. It, it doesn't mean I got to do it all day, right? Um, 
It means I do it on a regular basis. I break it down on a regular basis. I marinate on it on a regular basis. I turn it over in my mind from different perspectives and look at it from different perspectives on a regular basis. In the last podcast, I talked about how you take the the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And you can meditate on that thing for an hour and get all kinds of amazing revelation, right? So because the delight is in the law of the Lord and because that person meditates on that word day and night, here are the results. They shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Now, what's the significance of that? If you take a tree and you plant it by a river or a stream, there's water and nourishment always feeding the roots of that tree. If water is constantly feeding the roots of that tree, what happens? The, the, the tree will bring forth its fruit, the leaf will not wither, and whatever you do prospers. So that tree will become prosperous. And what's the prosperity of a tree? Always bearing fruit. Well, what, what causes the tree to always bear fruit? It's planted near water. It's planted near nourishment. It's planted near refreshment. It's planted near the thing that will cause it to always grow and not dry out. So, so, so meditating on the word of God on a regular basis is like getting water for the roots of my life and my life, my heart will never dry out. I always operate in love. I always operate in wisdom. I always conduct myself in integrity. I always have a certain level of peace in my life because that word, I'm meditating on that word day and night, and that meditation on the word is like water hitting the roots of that tree that's planted. And if you got a situation like that, man, of course you're going to be successful in just about everything that you do. But we're not talking about reading a scripture when you get up in the morning and then not spending any time meditating on that scripture. We're not talking about going to church just on Sunday, writing some notes, closing up the notes and never looking at the notes during the week. We're talking about meditating on the word on a regular basis. We're talking about taking the time to study the word on a regular basis. Now, somebody out there might say, well, Cliff, I ain't got time to be studying the word like that. Yeah, you do. You've just been caught so much up in the busyness of life. And you may not understand the value of the word of God. Maybe you've never even heard this scripture before. Okay. But now that you're hearing it, hey, man, find some time. It doesn't have to be in the morning. I know there's a scripture that says early in the morning shall I seek thee. Yes, that's fine. If you got time or you can make time in the morning, do it. But maybe it's on your lunch hour. Maybe it's on your drive home. You can pop in. Hey, how about the Word Experience podcast? <laughs> pop in the podcast. Listen to the podcast. You got a 45-minute drive. I know those of us who live in big cities, uh, Los Angeles, Atlanta, Chicago, right, where you have those long commutes. Right. Throw in a, a, a Bible on CD or throw in a podcast or listen to something, uh, a minister on YouTube that's teaching the word. Make the time. Delight yourself in the law of the Lord. Understand the value of the word of God and spend time meditating on that word and envision water being fed to your roots, the roots of your life, the word being water. And in many places in Scripture, the word is used, water is used as a symbol of the word, 
right? And that word will feed you, man, like nothing else can feed you. That word will feed the roots of your soul and begin to bring forth a fruit in your life and you're smiling all the time. You're not stressed out like you used to be. Them crazy people at work don't affect you like they used to anymore. Why? Because you've been meditating on the word and that word has been feeding the roots of your soul. And as it feeds the roots of your soul, your leaf now will never dry up. Your life will never dry up. Your heart will never dry up. You'll never have a dry attitude because it's, it, your, your life is being flourished and fed by the water that is the word of God. Then, after doing all of that, then you're going to be prosperous and then you're going to have good success and then whatever you do is going to be successful. Not because you're a Christian, not because you just read the Bible, but because you delight in the word to the point where it leads you to meditate, it on, meditate in that word on a regular basis. And now that word feeds you and now you become successful in whatever you do. I want to read this from uh, a translation called the voice translation. It says, for you, the eternal's word is your happiness. Oh, how, how, how cool will it be for, for millions and millions of believers to have that testimony that the, the word is my happiness? Ooh, the word is my happiness, right? He says, it is your focus from dusk to dawn. You are like a tree planted by flowing cool streams of water that never run dry. Your fruit ripens in its time. Your leaves never fade or curl in the summer sun. No matter what you do, you will prosper. Now, there's a commentary that I have here. It says, uh, the study of the word of God is the foundation of a meaningful, prosperous life. The study of the word of God is the foundation of a meaningful, prosperous life. Remember that, that word prosper means successful life. And there are seminars that are going on all over the world trying to teach people how to be successful in life. And, and nothing against those people, nothing against that stuff. But as people of God, as believers, as those who have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, the foundation of our meaningful, prosperous, successful life is found in the word of God. I believe that with all my heart. The study of the word of God is the foundation of a meaningful, prosperous life. And if you can get that, if you can really grasp that, just that understanding will start to change your life and redirect your life to value the word of God in such a way that you begin to study it, you know, and dig really down deep into it. And uh, and and find some things that will that will uh, that you can apply to your life and see change happen. And you know, it, it, I I got like three or four things in my head right now. <laughs> but you know, you hear people talk about how hard it is to study, and and then, you know, I don't understand this, and I don't understand that. Well, you know, that's part of the reason God has led me to do this podcast because we want to we want to break it down and make it simple for people to understand. But, but aside from that, because this is not about me, but aside from that, there are websites, 
There are various translations with the click of a button. You can Google certain things. You can Google various various scriptures. You can go to YouTube and look up, you know, if you if you have some of your favorite ministers who their Bible studies or their or their 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 sermons have some good teaching in it. And just just YouTube, man. You can YouTube for three hours on different stuff. It's there for you. Technology has made this amazingly simple. I remember when I first started, you know, really studying the Word of God. I had a, I had a, um, uh, a Greek dictionary. I had a, um, a Bible that had four translations. That thing was six inches thick, man. I had a couple of other different parallel Bibles. Um, you know, I had access to a smaller Strong's Concordance. These big old books that you had to go through and study, and it, now all of that stuff is on websites at the click of a button. You can find some stuff, right? So delight yourself in the word, man, to the point where you begin to meditate on it on a regular basis. And you're going to be like that tree. And everything that you do is going to prosper and be successful. Because the study of the word of God is the foundation of a meaningful, prosperous life. Amen? All right. Now, God is kind of leading me in a different direction here to skip over some stuff. All right, we're going to we're going to look at yeah, we're going to look at the enemies to the word of God. The enemies to the word of God. Now, you know, I've heard many <laughs> ministers say there's a devil loose, right? And and uh, you know, I grew up around a lot of charismatic people in the body of Christ. Um, um you know, we have these various uh, uh, sections in the body of Christ, the apostolic and the Pentecostals and, and, you know, these and that. And so I grew up around a lot of those people and, you know, and still appreciate a lot of their ministries. And, you know, you hear there's a devil loose and that's true. Um, there's a scripture where I believe, uh, Peter and first Peter says that the enemy roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Okay. That's just an eloquent way of saying there's a devil loose. <laughs> Right. And so we have an enemy to our soul, which is Satan. And and uh, he has his own weapons. Uh, and just like he is an enemy to God, uh, he is also an enemy to us. And then if he's an enemy to God, he's an enemy to the word of God. So we want to look at enemies to the word of God, something that I call biblical kryptonite. Those of you who are familiar with Superman, as powerful as Superman was, he had one weakness, which was kryptonite. And uh, so we want to look at some biblical kryptonite, enemies to the word of God. Enemy number one would be ignorance. Ignorance. Now, ignorance doesn't mean stupidity. It's, it's not a negative word from that perspective. Ignorance just means not knowing something. Okay. And the ignorance of a thing can cause us to go in air, can cause us to operate in fear, can cause us to move in distrust because we don't know a thing, we're ignorant of a thing. So the first enemy to the word of God is ignorance. And uh, based on that, we want to go to Hosea chapter 4. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. And uh, I believe the King James says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And I have the message translation of that scripture that says, My people are ruined because they don't know what's right or true. My people. Now, God is talking about his people. 
right? He's not talking about folk that don't have a relationship with him. He's talking about his people. So ignorance now can affect the people of God. Well, I didn't know, you know, we, there's a saying in our society that says ignorance is bliss. Well, it may be bliss, but it's not going to give you the type of life that God wants you to have, that Jesus died for us to have. My people are ruined because they don't know what's right or true. All right. The second scripture that deals with ignorance where the word of God is concerned is Mark chapter 12, verses 18 through 24. Mark chapter 12 verses 18 through 24 and i'm going to read this out of the amplified translation and it says uh, jesus said to them is not this where you wander out of the way and go wrong because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of god you wander out of the way and go wrong because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. So if I don't know, you know, now somebody said, well, I know the Bible. Yeah, do you know the scriptures based on what you're dealing with? Do you know the scriptures based on what your situation is? Do you know the scriptures based on the thing that you're struggling with? Because oftentimes we find ourselves praying to God about the thing that we're struggling with, but we don't know the scripture that deals with the thing we're struggling with because if we get insight from the word of God about what I'm struggling with then that will lead me to a place where I'm not struggling as much as I used to now and again and I mentioned this before there's nothing wrong with prayer prayer is a part of uh, our, our relationship with God it allows us to communicate with God it allows God to communicate with us so prayer is awesome right but prayer <laughs> mixed in with ignorance is not a good combination. It, it, it may find us in a situation where we believe our prayers are being not, not, not being answered. Okay? Uh, I think in one place, I want to say it was in James, he said, You have not because you ask not. And when you ask, you ask with the wrong motivation. That's the Cliff translation. Okay? So, so ignorance with prayer... Ignorance with praise, ignorance with worship, uh, it's almost like weeds growing in a garden. And it, it sucks out the, 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 uh, uh, the power of the various of, of prayer. It sucks out the power of praise. It sucks out the power of worship. Praying in tongues. If I'm ignorant as to what praying in tongues is really all about, it's not going to be effective in my life the way it's supposed to. We're gonna do a we're gonna do a teaching on on, on spiritual language at some point because there's a lot of ignorance where that's concerned. But I'm gonna leave that over there, and we're gonna stay with ignorance to the word of God. All right. So uh, ignorance now can can ruin people. Ignorance can cause you to move in the wrong direction. You can get off course because of ignorance. I just didn't know. I just didn't know. I, I think I mentioned this scripture earlier. Money is the root of all evil. I didn't know that that's not what the scripture said. I didn't know that it was the love of money which is the root of all evil. Oh, that makes sense. Right? So now we've dealt with the ignorance and now a deeper level of understanding emerges. Now we can get back in the way. Now we can get back on the right path. Now we can no longer be ruined because I'm not ignorant uh, 
to what the Word of God says or what the Word of God means. I, I believe Paul, uh, I want to say it's in First Thessalonians, talks about, I would not have you ignorant, brethren. And he's talking about essentially what we know as the rapture. I would not have you ignorant. I don't want you to not know about this stuff, right? And God has given us 66 books of stuff that he wants us to know. So let's not be ignorant. And let's not take the pastor's word for what, it's, what's, what it says in the Bible. Let's not take, you know, mother so-and-so's word for what she says it says in the Bible. She might be right, but she might be wrong because she might be ignorant because the person who taught her was ignorant because the person who taught her was ignorant. Right. And again, that word ignorance is not a, a negative connotation. It just means I don't know. Right. Or I don't know it fully. All right. OK, let's look at the which actually leads us to the second uh, enemy to the word of God, which is tradition. The second enemy of the word of God is tradition. And we want to look at Mark chapter seven, verses nine through 13. Mark chapter seven, verses nine through 13. And I think I want to pull up my Bible here because I only have the Amplified Translation. So I want to look at Mark 7, 9 through 13. Well, isn't, isn't technology wonderful? Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> All right. Uh, this is in the New King James Translation. Mark chapter 7, make sure I have the right one, verses 9 through 13. Verse 9 said, this is Jesus talking. He said to them, all too well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your tradition. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother. And he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is Corban. That is a gift to God. Then you no longer let him do anything for his father or his mother, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down and so many things you do. Now, this is this is the dangerous aspect of, of bad tradition, because there's nothing wrong with tradition in and of itself. I guess I should have called it bad tradition because bad tradition gets handed down from generation to generation to generation and and generations of people get off the mark because of bad tradition. OK, um, um, my pastor tells a story about a mother who uh, is fixing a big meal and she takes the meat and she cuts off part of the meat and puts it in the rest of it in the pot. And the mother and the daughter says, Mama, why you cut off the meat like that? She said, I don't know, baby. My, my grandma used to always do it like that. So, so can we call grandma? Yeah. So they call the grandmother. And the mother says, Mama, why you cut the meat off like that and put it in the pan? Why you do it like that? She said, I don't know, baby. My mama used to do it like that. Well, can we call Big Mama? Let's call Big Mama. So they call Big Mama. And they say, well, Mama, Big Mama, why did you cut the meat off uh, and then put it in the pan? Was it was it because, you know, that was a bad part of the meat or, or you know, or you were giving it to somebody else? Why you cut the meat off like that? She said, baby, I just did that because my pan was too small. And so there was a tradition that was established that had nothing to do with nothing. And three generations later, a lady is doing something that's been handed down to her, and she doesn't even know why she's doing it. 
And we find ourselves oftentimes in church doing things out of tradition that's not based on the word of God, but it's been handed down from generation to generation to generation, right? The Amplified Translation says, thus you are nullifying and making void and of no effect the authority of the word of God through your tradition, which you in turn hand on. Okay. Now, there's nothing wrong with tradition. If you look through the Old Testament, you'll see God establishing traditions uh, with the nation of Israel. So there's nothing wrong with tradition. It's tradition that's not connected to the word of God or that's incorrectly connected to the word of God. And I'm not going to get into any of those traditions. I'm not trying to offend anybody. That's not my point. You know what some of those traditions are that have been done in churches for generations, for decades. And if you try to find uh, the reason for doing that in the word of God, you're either going to not find it or you're going to find it and it's going to be off. And, and we have found ourselves in many churches and many believers in positions where the word of God doesn't work for us because traditionally we have learned it incorrectly or things have been added to the scripture that has nothing to do with godly living or there was no revelation from God or nothing like that. Right. And so um, we got to be careful about dealing with those things. And again, studying for yourself the word of God. OK. All right. Everybody good. All right. So <laughs> the first enemy to the word of God is ignorance. The second enemy to the word of God is tradition. And then the third enemy to the word of God are the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust for other things the cares of the world the deceitfulness of riches and the lust for other things all right now this information is found in mark chapter 4 verses 18 and 19 mark chapter 4 verses 18 and 19 and again i'm going to pull up my bible here mark chapter 4 verses 18 and 19 and we're going to look at this from the new king james it says now now jesus was doing giving a parable uh, sharing a parable to the people earlier in mark chapter 4 and if you want to go back and read that you can do that uh he says um and he's teaching a parable it's called the parable of the sower okay and he talks about these different seeds that get sown in different types of ground and there's different types of results. OK, so verse 18 says, now these are the ones and, and what's happening. Sorry, guys, for going back and forth. But what's happening now is Jesus is alone with the 12 and they ask him for the interpretation of the uh, of the parable. So now Jesus is explaining it. And he's explained the first two types of seeds and ground, and now he's moving on to the last one. And he says, now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Okay, now. Let's look at this from the Amplified Translation. I'm sorry, from the New Living Translation. It says, the seed that fell among the thorns represent others who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, 
the lure of wealth and the desire for other things so no fruit is produced. Imagine that. You've heard the word, right? You've heard it. You've understood it. You, you, you're, you're ready to apply it to your life. You got it. You shouted in church. You said amen. You said I received that. You did all of those things. And yet when you went home, quickly, right? It says all too quickly. The message, what you heard, the thing you received, the thing you shouted about is crowded out by the worries of this life. Is crowded out by the lure of wealth and is crowded out by the desire for other things. And when those mindsets invade our thinking, what happens to the word is it gets choked out. And the image I taught this once before and the image that I had was death by asphyxiation. Imagine somebody choking you so that the breath that you've been breathing can no longer enter your body and slowly you die you're choked out right uh in mma and in wrestling they have what they call a chokehold and they put an arm around your neck in a certain way that stops the air from getting to your lungs and and the air and the uh, uh oxygen doesn't get to your brain and you pass out right well imagine the word of god like oxygen to our souls and when we when 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 the cares of life, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust for other things begin to invade our thinking, it's like we're being choked out by life and life circumstances and the word gets choked out of us and no fruit is produced. Even though the word has the ability to produce fruit, no fruit is produced because your mind is crowded out by the worries of life, the lure of wealth, and the desire of other things. Wow. Wow. Uh, there's another translation called the Contemporary English Translation for verse 19. He says, but they start worrying about the needs of this life. They are fooled by the desire to get rich and to have all kinds of other things. So what happens when that, when that happens? So the message gets choked out and they never produce anything. Listen, it's all right to aspire to be successful. It's all right. I'll say it. It's all right to aspire to be wealthy. It's all right to aspire to be successful in every area of our life. We talked about this earlier. That's what God wants. By using his word, we can be successful in every area of our life. But we don't want to chase after that stuff. We don't want to chase after getting rich. We don't want to chase after getting famous. We don't want to chase after having 15 million people on our Instagram page. We don't want to chase after having 9 million Twitter followers. We don't want to chase after those things because that's a fool's errand. And when we're worried about the needs of life, when we're worried about the desire to get rich, when we're, do, when we're, when we're, we're stressing and grinding and pressing to have all of the, the various things that the world says we're supposed to have, what happens is the word gets pushed aside. The word gets pushed aside and it gets choked out of our lives. And even though we're grinding and even though we're chasing and even though we're trying to get all those likes on Twitter and social media and all of those things, we produce no fruit. We never produce anything. Not really. Not anything of substance. 
because the thing that's designed to bring all of those things, right? Uh, Jesus talks about it, I think, in Matthew chapter 6. Don't worry about this and don't worry about that. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough of its own. Don't worry about what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink and what clothes you're going to wear. Don't worry about those things. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and the things that you're worrying about are going to get added to you. But if you don't, uh, if you allow those things to 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 uh, uh, crowd your thinking, that word of God about not worrying is going to get choked out of you and you're going to worry. And, and, and then you start saying stuff like, well, I'm supposed to worry. I'm just a worrier. That's all I do. I worry. And then there's the deceitful mindset that says if you're not worrying about a thing, you don't care about a thing. And those dots don't connect. Caring, caring about something and worrying about something are not the same thing. I can care about how I'm going to get my bills paid. I can care about, you know, having the right wardrobe to go to work every day. I can care about having a nice car to get me to and fro, but I don't have to worry about those things. Because when we worry about that stuff, that's when that word we heard gets choked out of us and we produce no fruit. This is a really important one, guys, I I believe, because there's a way of thinking in our society that's totally against this. You're supposed to worry, they say. You know, you got to grind. You got to be on the hustle. You got to chase after that money. You know, you got to be making them dollars. You know, all of that stuff. And that's the society that we live in, especially for our younger people, our younger adults, right? That's what they're just, you know, surrounded by. Okay. And again, there's nothing wrong with being successful, but God has a way of success. That's not connected to stress. That's not connected to worry. And it's not connected to the word that <laughs> that will bring success being choked out of our hearts. Okay. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. All right. Uh, the Amplified says that the, those things that we worry about creep in and choke and suffocate the word And the word becomes fruitless. Imagine the word of God becoming fruitless in the life of a believer. Of a born again believer, the the word of God not having any fruit in your life. Because the issues of life choke that word right out. So let's not worry, fam. Let's not worry. God's got us. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Listen, you may cry, cry, but it's going to be okay. Wipe those tears. It's going to be okay. You may be frustrated. Be frustrated, but don't stay in that place of frustration. It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. He's going to walk you through it. And if you ask him to help you, he'll he'll help you. I'm, I'm thinking now that old hymn we should sing in my church, ask the Savior to help you, right? Something, something and keep you, <laughs> right? Jesus will see you through. I can't believe I can't remember all those words. Right. But he'll see you through. He'll get you through it. He'll get you through. it. I promise you, man, I, I've, I've <laughs> he's gotten me through some things and, and I can I can testify. He'll get you through whatever you're going through right now. Amen. All right. Final enemy to the word of God. And we're going to end with this. Satan. Satan, obviously, is an enemy to the word of God. I think I talked about that earlier. 
uh, in the podcast. He hates God. He hates everything connected to God. So he absolutely hates the word of God and will use the word of God against us if we're not really paying attention. He did that with Jesus when he was in the wilderness for 40 days. Study that up. It's, it's actually kind of deep. Okay, we're going to go with um, Mark chapter 4, verse 15. Mark chapter 4, verse 15. And again, this is uh, connected to the parable of the sower. Um, and this is another one of those examples of the seeds that were sown. Mark chapter 4, verse 15. In the Gospels a lot in this podcast. hope you guys are enjoying this. I know I am, and I'm sitting up here in my house talking to myself. <laughs> Nothing new for you, boy. All right. Mark chapter 4, verse 15. Verse 15, is, verse 15 says, And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These are the ones by the wayside. That, that, that was a type of um, seed that was sown in the parable, seed that was sown by the wayside, and the birds came and plucked it up, right? And so he says, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, the Amplified says the ones along the path are those who have the word sown in their hearts. But when they hear, Satan comes at once and by force takes away the message which is sown in them. Now, this is interesting because there are two versions of this story. Uh, Mark gives his version. And then Matthew gives his version in Matthew chapter 13, verse 9. So let's go there because there's some clarity that, uh, that needs to come forth. Um, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 13, verse 19. Matthew chapter 13, verse 19. This is live and uncut, man. We're not doing any edits on this. This is just, <laughs> as they say back in the bar, straight no chaser. All right. Mistakes and all. All right. Here we go. Matthew chapter 13, verse 19. Now, remember, in Matthew chapter four, it seems like the wayside people can hear the word and then Satan steals it. Right. Um, and, and that would lead you to believe, well, no matter what word I hear, the enemy can steal it. And that's not exactly true. All right. And again, there's some clarity here where Matthew's gospel is concerned regarding this parable. Matthew chapter 13, verse 19. And Matthew 13 and 19, it says, Now, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. Okay, so what we're talking about now is you hear a word, but you don't understand what you heard. All right. And I guess here we could say lack of understanding. Well, can we go back to ignorance uh, earlier that if I don't understand what I'm hearing, it can be stolen from me. But let's look at it from the positive perspective. The word that I understand can never be stolen from me. The word that I understand can never be stolen from me. So, what's the key to not having the word stolen by, by the enemy? I got to understand it. 
And if I understand it, it can't be stolen from me. But if I don't understand it, even though I hear it, it can be snatched away from me. Okay. And so we want to make understanding when we're studying the word. We want to make understanding when we're hearing the sermons uh, on Sundays and Wednesdays and whenever you have your Bible studies, Tuesdays, Fridays, whenever, whenever you hear the word, here's your task. Here's your mission should you choose to accept it. Whenever you hear the word, make sure you understand it because when you understand it, it can never be stolen from you. That's that's good right there, man. That that that's good right there. All right. So, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, dudes and dudettes, that's it. That's what I have for you today. I hope that this word is well. I know this word is going to impact your life. Um, and uh, I thank you for hanging with me. Uh, I know I can cover a lot of ground, but there's a lot of ground that needs to be covered. I'm not going to apologize for sharing what God has given me to share. There was other stuff, but, you know, the Holy Spirit was leading me to kind of jump around and maneuver in a, in a different manner. So um, I'm thankful to God that he's given us this word. I'm thankful that he's given us this podcast. And I'm thankful to you that you took the time to listen uh, to what I'm bringing over the airwaves. I don't know if it's airwaves now, if it's a podcast, digital places. <laughs> I'm trying to keep up, man. I'm trying to keep up. Hey, that's our time for today. Um, thank you again for listening. I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, if you have a question or if you have a comment that you'd like to make, please make it as positive as possible. Um, I'm not really into negative comments. I'm not really into debating the word of God and things of this nature. But if you feel that you have something that you want to share or if you have a question about something that I said that you're not sure about because you want to gain understanding, hit me up. Uh, you can email me at clifftalks63 at gmail.com. Again, that's clifftalks, the number 63, at gmail.com. And uh, I welcome your comments. I welcome your questions because uh, if there's going to be answers, it's going to come from God through me and not necessarily from me. All right? All right, fam. Be safe out there. Be good out there. And I'll see you next time on the Word Experience Podcast where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. God bless. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that what you heard will start you on a journey of change and transformation. If you'd like to communicate with Cliff with a question or a comment, you can do so via email at clifftalk 63 at gmail.com. That's clifftalks, the number 63, at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. God bless, and we'll see you next time on The Word Experience.